Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 151 on Now You Know. This show is brought to you, as always, by our amazing, wonderful Patreon patrons. And by our friends at the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott and their sister hotel, the Town Place Suites Hotel in Schaumburg, Illinois. Both hotels are solar-powered, and they've got EV charging right out front. And also supported by our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, you can buy the things that you need on Amazon, and we earn from qualifying purchases. You'll find the link down below. And by Ecoware.us. We upload new designs every week. I'm wearing a new one myself because I am a Tesla tuber. But you can be, too. That's right. If there are Tesla tubes. <laughs> and every product you buy from Ecoware is carbon neutral because we offset the carbon and we plant a tree for every purchase. So head on over there now and help support the channel. Did you see that on Twitter, yep. Elon just said that you'll be able to watch Now You Know in your Tesla soon. He, he actually said, now you know? Well, no, he said on YouTube. You'll be able to watch he YouTube. He was insinuating. Yes. He was insinuating that you could watch our show. I mean, show. he was probably doing this because he watches our show and he wants to be able to he watch it. He wants to be able to watch Tesla. it. Right. All right, so let's take a look at his tweet here. He says, ability to stream YouTube and Netflix when car is stopped Coming to your Tesla soon has amazingly immersive cinematic feel due to the comfy seats and surround sound audio. Sometimes I will park and watch YouTube or, you know, something in the car parked um, oh, on your phone. with my phone. And it's really funny because the sound is like, and the phone is like. His follow-up tweet is, when full self-driving is approved by regulators, we will enable video while moving. So you can finally watch movies in the car. And this is why. This is why I've been saying that, you know, I hope that the Model S, you know, there's no refresh, but I hope that someday they're going to update the interior of the Model S to make it from a portrait. You know, I don't want to watch movies in portrait. Yeah. No one shoots videos in portrait. Uh, some people do. Okay. <laughs> Nobody shoots like feature length films in portrait mode. Right. Maybe they will. Like maybe someday they will. Maybe that'll be a thing. Stop. Stop it. No. Well, Ryan McCaffrey tweeted at Elon. He said, you'd originally said that this was part of software version 10. So is version 10 coming soon or did these apps get moved up the priority queue? Either way, this is very cool news. And Elon said, yes, version 10 will include several games and infotainment features, improved highway autopilot, better traffic light and stop sign recognition and smart summon. And then Jason tweeted to Elon, will it also include a text message phone feature? Really important safety feature. Read message through speakers, allow quick response. And Elon said, yes. So let's just talk about some of these features here. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of expected that we would be getting uh, some of these improvements to autopilot and mm -hmm. stuff. But now we're talking about infotainment features. Is that is that the being able to see movies while you're parked? I, I don't know. Hmm. And uh, the text message feature is pretty cool. You can have your phone do it now, right? You can have your phone read to you the text message. But this will be built into Tesla, which I think is smart, being able to hear your messages and then speak back messages instead of having to read them. Yeah. Again, when you have a computer that's a car... Why not? The world is your oyster now. But wait, there's more. Steven said, Elon, can we get the auto lane correction feature without sound? Young kids in car want to keep feature on, but not wake them up. And Elon said, hoping to get Joe mode into version 10. The default, of course, is normal volume, but selecting Joe mode would lower the volume of the strident beeps and chimes by half. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's Joe mode? 
is he referring to Joe Rogan? Like, does Joe Rogan not like the beeps and boops that the car makes? Or is Joe like the average Joe? What, what is he referring Joe? to? Joe. Your morning Joe? Like, like, you you don't want any loud noises before you have your coffee in the morning? Or I've something? just never heard that term. Maybe, have I missed something? Maybe I thought I thought a, it was a millennial thing, but you don't seem to know it either. So maybe it's maybe a, it's a pilot maybe it's a thing. submillennial term. I think it's a maybe it's pilot. I'm not a millennial. Please by let the way. us know. I'm I'm a Gen uh, X. I'm Gen uh, X. No, you're a millennial. You're on the. You don't like to be, but you're a millennial. I'm like barely. I'm you're, like halfway between Gen X and, and sorry. Millennial. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you know what he's talking about, Joe mode. Now I get it. I mean, if you have people in the car who are napping, you shouldn't want to wake them up. But I'm. I, I would. I would argue just people in the car in general, because you know, if the car suddenly is making all sorts of beeping noises, people get freaked okay, out. But here's the thing. Um, that's a very important beep. It tells you whether the car is in autopilot or not and whether it's clunked out of autopilot. If you don't have that sound, I mean, you have to be very alert to the what's lit up on the screen. I think what it should do is be contextual. So it should use the camera that's in the car, which we're going to be talking about later yeah. in the show. But basically, it should use that camera that's looking at you to determine whether you're paying attention or not. And that should be determining the volume. And that should be happening all the time. So you could switch it into Joe mode. But if you're like, doo, 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 and you're drifting off the highway, it'll be go, it'll go beep, 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 beep. You know, and you'll be like, whoa. But if you're just sort of like paying attention and you're driving and you're like driving around something or, or you know, doing whatever, but you're slowly, it'll go beep, beep, beep. What about music? If you're listening to music or, or radio, and it, shouldn't it interrupt that to let you it, know? It does that. No, I know, but I mean, with Joe mode, would it stop doing that? I think it would lower your music and play the Doesn't noise. NHTSA have anything to say about this? As far as I know, I don't think that there's any kind of like regulation about the beeps and boops that the car has to do. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have the autopilot sound, which sounds like your pilot's about to say, ladies and gentlemen, we have just entered autopilot, and we are, you know. They don't regulate that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I think you could have a car where it didn't make any noise at all, which would just freak me out. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay, there's more. Uh, Redmore11 said, does FSD only need stop sign and traffic lights, or is it recognition of the remaining traffic signs also needed slash planned? And Elon said, we'll recognize and read all signs for full self-driving. Focused on traffic lights and stop signs right now. Most are very easy. Difficulty is millions of corner cases. Right. So, I mean, you know, if there's... a uh, speed limit sign just full of bullet holes and you know ones where it's like stop hammer time like there's all sorts of ones where like like what would the car do like would it just start playing hammer time like what should it you know do and then pauline asked is version 10 available in august or later and elon said depends on how release to owners with early access goes but hopefully wide release by the end of august um which some people take to mean as being september um, maybe October. And uh, Elon said Cuphead for Tesla is coming out in August. That's referring to a game. Um, and then uh, Viv said, if you're porting Unity, you could bring Hearthstone to Tesla. And Elon said, this is an exciting tweet for us gamers, uh, Unity port is done. So finessing the controls right now, uh, mostly limited by local storage, will allow additional game storage via USB. Whatever's most fun. What? This is really... Exciting. Okay, Unity has a lot of games on it. Um, they're not. It's not like the best engine in the world, but it, it works on phones. It you know it's it's exciting that this could work in the car because suddenly your car becomes a big gaming console for you. And Elon said soon you'll be able to plug in two game controllers. So if you're playing Buggy Beach Ball Bingo dra Racing, it's dead. It's called Beach Buggy Racing Two. Okay, sorry. And uh, sorry, I, I know you're. I know you're really good at it. I am really good at it. I'm at the top of the leaderboards in our in our Discord. Wow. Um. 
So and wait, and, we have a leaderboard in our Discord. Yeah, in our, in, under the Beach Buggy Racing channel. Wait, and you guys can't beat him? Come on! I apparently apparently no one in Europe has the update. You know, it's because you can't get. <laughs> it's because you can't beat me in, in ludicrous mode. But again, like that is so fun to have your car be a real toy. Like because you know cars have always been oh they're man's toys you know or whatever like that. But to actually have it be like no this is a, a toy and your your children can play with you instead yeah. of you just driving like a maniac. Suddenly you can be like we're driving like a maniac in a game in my car <laughs> and. Going one step further here, Tesla has already begun pushing chess to the fleet as of late last week. Wow. So exciting. The gra- I just can't wait. What an exciting game to put. There's some people who are still really into chess. Yeah. Why not? I get it. It's a it's a but it's the meta is fully well, look, look established. at this, you know, look at this uh trailer that they did. That was a fun exciting. trailer. Yeah, but I mean there's only a limited number of moves. It always starts off the same way. You know, get some Age of Empires on there. Sure. With this version 10 update, it's just got me thinking, like, it's such a big, like, exciting present, you yeah. know? It's, I think, that it should come out at Christmas or, like, it. they should come up with, like, Tesla Day or oh, something. Tesla Day. Where once a year or so, and I and I know that I want the updates as soon as they come out, but to so me... You, so you want, you want the best of both I worlds. I want the best of both worlds, but it would be fun... If either they released it all at the same time mm-hmm. on a certain day, and you'd wake up early in the morning and you'd go out to your car, um, and there'd be a present waiting for I you just on point the screen. Out, almost every day is like Christmas with Tesla. It's true. It's and it's true. it's fun going out there not knowing if you got it or not. That's well, it, it's fun going out there and not even getting an right. update because your car is still amazing. But what I'm saying is like it would be cool if it was like a little present. Uh, speaking of presents, look at this tweet from Jeremy Greenlee. He says, any updates on Tesla pickup unveil? We're dying here, we need to know. And Elon says, we're close, but the magic is in the final details. Maybe two to three more months. So Ooh, they're working on the final details. And, and it's magic. There's magic. <laughs> um, we, again, have not seen what the pickup truck Is this will what look it's gonna like. look like? No. No? No way. And this is an artist's interpretation of what it could look like based off of this picture. Um, which is so far the only picture we've seen of the truck. Now, the thing that I really like about Tesla and about this truck and about how they only revealed this one picture is that so many car companies will do these reveal-y things, but they'll do it so quickly. They'll like show the headlight and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, we got one coming up later in the show. You're like, oh, okay, so that looks like a car. This doesn't look like anything i've ever seen on the road yeah and they haven't released anything else no he's definitely Te- got us intrigued tesla just ha- they just put up one picture and that's the only picture we have and pe- you know people have tried doing all sorts of things to it and you can't tell anything about it can i talk about time and elon time yes. specifically oh, so yes i mean elon is saying that we're going to get this on this date but is elon time so there's a formula to elon time i mm-hmm. think i would like some viewers out there to help figure out this formula does his time factor always stay fixed at like it's two times whatever he says. Or as he gets closer, does the does the factor get smaller? So, I mean, he's saying that it could be late September, late October. Does that mean that he's still could be off by a factor of two? I, I think it's erratic. Because he's usually talking pretty far out, and it's usually a little bit further away. And so, you know, things kind of stabilize after that point. But it must be really hard, like, if, if you're, you know, Elon's kids, and he's like, oh, next weekend we're going to Disney World. And they're like, yeah! And he's like, oh, I meant like three months from now. Well, that's what I want you guys to do. <laughs> Earn bonus points out there. If you can make a spreadsheet that takes his actual predictions when he said, for instance, oh. when the Model 3 was coming out, when the Model Y was coming out, and the date that he said it, 
the date he said it was going to happen, and then the date it really happened. And, and if we some, chart all this, we some could error bars. Exactly. We could maybe come up with a formula. So <laughs> any of you guys out there want to do that, uh, let me know. Yeah. Let's talk about Tyga Motors. Yeah. So I interviewed the CEO and he's got something pretty interesting coming up. Check Ooh. it out. So I'm so fortunate to be here today with Sam Bruno. He's the CEO and co-founder of Tyga, which is a very cool company up in in uh, Canada, they are already working on and have made uh, an electric snowmobile, which we're going to talk about. Um, and then there might be some new exciting product in the works that we're going to hear about from Sam. So, uh, Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So, you already make something which a lot of people are super excited about, which is an electric, completely electric snowmobile. Tell me about your snowmobile. Yeah, so Tyga was launched almost four years ago, a bit with the same Michelin as to do what Tesla did on-road, but in the off-road market, in the power sport market, we wanted to bring electric to snowmobiles and beyond. So these are vehicles that haven't been electrified yet and could really benefit from the advantages of an electric powertrain. So we did a ground-up design on a snowmobile, uh, really first principles, everything from the motor to battery to the chassis, and even the body panels and aerodynamics uh, to bring a snowmobile that could really not only offer great reliability, but also just better hands-down performance than the, the best combustion ones out there. That, that was our criteria. Now, I think one of the first things that a lot of people that I've talked to say about a possible electric um, snowmobile is the battery. They're like, well, it's cold when you're riding uh, up there in the mountains, uh, so what's that do to the range? We've done a lot of development on the batteries to be able to keep them at an optimal temperature. Uh, we don't have as many compromises as on-road vehicles. So cars, it's tricky to get a battery to perform in cold because it also have to perform in really hot temperatures across the world. Gotcha. So designers will have to make compromises there uh, that will affect battery performance in a cold. And as well as snowmobiles don't have any cabin heating, which is uh, one of the big battery drains. Now, if someone out there, or a lot of people out there are watching and they're like, wait a minute, electric snowmobile, I want to get on one of these. How can people out there test these out, go take them for test rides? Uh, so we're going to be doing a bunch of test rides next winter for people that have reserved a snowmobile. So we've got a really big demand coming in of people who want to get on these and, and test them out. So we're going to be building a fleet of test units next winter. The people that have put down deposits will have access to test them. If they like it, they can, they can follow through with the sale. Now, so if someone wants to you know, put down some money and, and test one of these out, how can they do that? Uh, just on our website, we have a reservation platform, uh, tigermotors.ca. That seems pretty simple. All right. So if you're watching out there and you're, you're interested, that's where you should go. Um, so now I heard tale through my little network of uh, birds here that you've got something else in the works. Can you mention or tell me anything about something else you might be working on? Yeah. So we started with the electric snowmobile um, because it was really part of our past and part of the Canadian culture, but the idea with Tiger was always to electrify power sports, not just snowmobiles. So we built a platform that would allow us to do that. And the next logical thing after the snowmobile is kind of a, the snowmobile of the summer, which is uh, the, the personal electric watercraft. Um, so solving the same kind of issues as with snowmobiles, you can get all that great performance and fun out on the water without having the noise especially. Oh, that sounds really exciting. So, uh, because I mean, up until now, anything on a lake or an ocean generally involves, you know, horrible smelling fuel and, and very loud motors. So you're talking about this is again, going to benefit from the fact that it's electric. It's going to be, you know, emission free and very quiet. 
Yeah, exactly. You get all the amazing performance, but none of the drawbacks of the noise in these pristine environments. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes. Hopefully, we'll have some footage of that when it happens. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you're interested in those products, head over to tigamotors.ca and uh, go check them out. All right, so on Ryan McCaffrey's Ride the Lightning podcast earlier this year, Elon said that Tesla will be building the Model Y differently. Yeah, he said, when we get the big casting machine, it'll go from 70 parts to one with a significant reduction in capital expenditure on all the robots to put those parts together. And I think at the time, everyone was like, hmm, okay, Elon, okay. sure. But now we see that there is this patent that Tesla has, has uh, filed, which is pretty wild. Yeah, so look at this. I mean, in the middle there, you see what looks like a little toy car, but that's not a toy car. That's, that's a Model a Y, a full-size full Model Y. Um, and then that's basically a... A mold for the frame of the car so what's going to happen is apparently you're going to have this center core right of the, of the mold or whatever and then all these sides of the robot are going to come together it's going to fill it with molten aluminum and it's going to make the frame of the model y all in one piece yeah i just want to stop here for a second yeah it sounds fantastical i know um but like everything else Elon has come up with, unless there's some physics reason, unless you can point to me to something that says that's not physically possible to do on Earth, he's going to do it. And when he does it, we're all going to look back and go, why didn't we always make cars that way? And for just a little background, because I, I, I don't know everything about building cars. To make a car frame, you take a bunch of different pieces that you have molded or stamped right. or bent, and you weld them all together. With this, it's going to be pretty wild, because it's just going to be like this you know and then it would and then you'll have a full one whole frame if people are like well why do that that seems really complicated it's pretty complicated to make a frame now because right. you have to get all of these components and you're like we're missing the l742 piece you know we need these otherwise we can't we can't weld the right. thing i guess if you just had a big machine that just made your solid frame that that would be good. It's completely different than the way that they make the Model 3. Yeah. And I thought that they were going to make the Model Y exactly the same way they made the Model 3. I'm guessing they're going to start that way, okay. and then they're going to introduce this line, and when they perfected it, they'll switch. Um, so. And when that day happens, watch out other car know, companies, because they are going to eat your lunch. Okay, so with internal combustion cars, the Trump administration has been pushing for a 1% increase in efficiency each year until 2026. And you may be saying, well, that's good, right? 1% more efficient. But the previous CAFE standards in the U.S. were for 5% efficiency improvements per year, reaching 47.6 miles per gallon by 2025. So since there's been no agreement at the federal level, four big automakers, BMW, Ford, Honda, and VW, agreed to California's standard of 3.7% efficiency increase from 2022 to 2026. Of that 3.7% increase, 1% can be through advanced technology multiplier credits. So what does that mean? So basically for every battery electric vehicle they sell, BEVs, they would get a two times bonus credit for efficiency. Okay, so I'm thinking that Tesla, which only makes BEVs, could probably sell these credits to companies that need them. They could potentially do that, and that would be on top of the ZEV credit program, which is a different uh, thing entirely. It, it could be that. It could be just a, a bigger incentive for car manufacturers to go the BEV route um, 
because now there would actually be a true incentive. It's like, because people still want to buy pickup trucks because pickup trucks, for whatever reason, fill the utility of, you know, people's lives, or at least that 1% of their lives where they need a pickup truck. Well, you're just talking the U.S. I'm talking about specifically the United States, which is what we're talking about here, right? Right. But pickup trucks are very inefficient. It's just the way that they have to be built. So car manufacturers want to keep building these cars because they got a high margin for them and everything like that. And that is why we've been seeing all of these, you know, hybrids and stuff like that is it's so that way their efficiency can be going up as a fleet while they can still be selling, you know, gas guzzling 18 mile per gallon pickup trucks. So this would give another option for car manufacturers to go the BEV route, which I think is a good thing. It's not as aggressive as uh, Obama's plan, which was still pretty weak. Pretty weak. This is an even weaker plan. It's not as weak as, as the Trump administration's plan. Um, so it's a compromise of a compromise of a compromise. Um, but it's better than the worst case option, which is, you know, a, a rollback of efficiency standards. So a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan Ramos tweeted at Elon, no discount for EAP purchasers? Seems like too much to pay for features we already have promised. We need a price adjustment. And Elon responded, agreed, should be $3,000 less to get full self-driving from EAP. So this requires a bit of unpacking because EAP stands for Enhanced Autopilot. And today, you can't get Enhanced Autopilot. You can get Autopilot and you can get full self-driving. Yeah, because there's a lot of confused people out there. I I know because I talked to you guys on email. A lot of people are like, I bought EAP or I bought Autopilot. Do I also get like Auto Summon? And so let's help you with that a little bit. So over the weekend, Tesla updated its pricing and they put into effect the $3,000 less. So if you did buy Enhanced Autopilot, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to buy full self-driving for $3,000 less. So let's just break out what these different things mean. So Autopilot currently just means that you can put the car into Autopilot it will steer, accelerate, and brake to keep you in your lane and a certain number of car lengths behind the car in front of you. Right. And that's it. Enhanced Autopilot included Summon and Enhanced Summon, but it didn't include any of the full self-driving uh, capabilities things, which would be you know Navigate on Autopilot or any of the newer full self-driving things. And Enhanced Autopilot was about $3,000 more than what is currently Autopilot. They basically downgraded that bundle, reduced the price so that more people could get Autopilot, which right now is some of the best features that we have in the car. But now if you wanna go from Enhanced Autopilot, which originally cost $3,000 more to go to full self-driving, it is now fairly priced. Right, and so, Just to be clear, this means that for $3,000, you should be getting, according to Tesla, the ability to recognize and respond to traffic lights and stop signs and automatic driving on city streets. And you will also be getting the new Hardware 3 computer when Tesla starts the retrofits. Right. So we had the pleasure of interviewing Brett and Kira from Solarola in Oregon. They are converting older ICE vans and microbuses into solar-powered electric funmobiles. Check out this clip from our interview that just aired last week. I'm here today with Kira and Brett from Solarola. These guys are out on the West Coast. You're up in uh, Oregon, is that right? Ashland, Oregon, yes. Ashland, Oregon. Um, and you guys are, are the ones who made the solar system for our buddies uh, Keegan and Joel on their Route del Sol truck. And I can't wait to start talking to you about that. So tell me about uh, what what is this uh, invention that you guys made? Well, Joel came to, I think he probably saw some of our VW bus footage somewhere online. And, you know, Joel had been had a dream to, you know, travel the Pan Am Highway on a solar powered vehicle. And um, so he came to us for, you know, some advice and, and we started talking and it went from a, 
went from a Ford Transit Connect to this, you know, massive E-Star. I think you mentioned that on your, your little cast there. But uh, yeah, these, uh, these international E-Stars are pretty cool vehicles and um, they were a nice platform for what Joel wanted to do because he wanted to take a cameraman with him. So I'm like, yeah, you could cram in and kill each other in a Ford Transit or, or you could have, you know, a nice spread where you can really take some gear with you. And also just in my experience with the solar electrics, bigger is actually better because you can stuff more batteries in there. You can put more solar panels on there, more structure to hold those panels. And, and so, you know, I talked him into that and, you know, we just dove in, Joel became part of our family and it was, it's kind of how we roll, you know, the trust thing. We just jump in because, you know, there wasn't a lot of money that we made on that project, but, uh, you know, our hearts are full and Joel's out there and that makes it all worthwhile. He's a great guy. And, you know, he's out there promoting us, but also mainly promoting our vision of, you know, people getting out there in these vehicles and just humbling themselves to nature and, and traveling around and, and, and showing that it's viable at this point. So tell me about what you guys are doing. So like your work, you're just finishing up a new project right now, it sounds like, right? Yeah. So what, this is a VW minibus, microbus? Yeah, 71, it's a transporter. So we added seven Tesla Model S modules. So you get about, you know, just under 100 miles of range, right around 100 miles of range, depending on how you drive. Um, three kilowatts of solar up top. So there's uh, about 1,000 watts of fixed, curved, um, flexible panels on top. Finally got the curve in there. We're starting to make these things more beautiful now. You know, th this wasn't a two-month project. It was still quick, but we still we were able to, you know, work a little bit more on aesthetics. And, and instead of it overhanging the vehicle, we were, you know, able to tip it in and make it look nice. Maybe we can give you a little tour in a minute. But uh, yeah, so, you know, um, two awnings on each side. So that's, in my opinion, what, you know, we had to do for Joel's and what we had to do here for Red Food is to really make the solar viable. And since these are RVs, we're not really doing anything out of the ordinary. You know, you want to have an awning potentially on your RV anyway. So yeah. you pull the awnings out. Now you have three kilowatts. Um, the thing raises up uh, 40 inches so you can sit up top. You got a six foot bed up top. And also, yeah, and also now you have the ability to track. So you got the ability, there's four electric actuators, so you can tilt your panels for morning sun, tilt them for evening, and get the most out of the sun. Yeah, that's pretty tempting. Might just, you know, move out Call of the old up. apartment and uh, just go on a life of sucking up the energy from the sun, and, you know, that would be fun. I know. If I didn't have to come here every week. Yeah, no, if you're thinking about it, uh, <laughs> call them up. Have them give you a quote because yeah. uh, it seems like a whole lot of fun. You can yeah. see the whole interview here. So cool. So a new Tesla patent. Personalization system and method for a vehicle based on spatial locations of occupants body portions. Um, What the heck does yeah. that mean? So this explains that they'll be using the occupant facing camera for basically looking at who's in the car, their size and location, and then personalizing the car settings for them. For example, as the patent says, the electrically powered adjustable components, such as the driver's seat, the vehicle mirrors, the front mirror, the radio, the music preferences, and driving mode preferences may be adjusted in accordance with the user preferences in the driver profile. So for instance, you might get into your car, it's mm -hmm. like, this is Jesse, mm -hmm. and it'll put the seat and everything the way you like it without you having to choose it. I think the reason they're doing this is so that they can start to implement facial recognition for the Tesla network. So the Tesla network, for those of you unaware, just joining us, if this is your first time watching, welcome, is going to be like Uber, except with no driver. It's just gonna be a car that pulls up, picks you up, you get in the car, and the car speeds off and it drives for you. Right. A lot of people 
don't like this idea. They have uh, they have made your voices have been heard, right? A stranger's gonna, gonna sit in my car. Right. They're gonna they're gonna trash the car. They're gonna barf in the car. They're gonna defecate in the car. Every every possible <laughs> bad thing they're gonna do in the car. They're gonna do in the car, right? This is this is the whole reason they put this this camera facing into the car, right? Like when the Model Three first came out, everyone was like, "What's this camera for? Is it watching us?" It is, it's going to be watching the passengers in your car. So that way, if you get your car back and it's trashed and you're like, that's gross, um, who did this? You're going to be able to go, it was your fault and you're paying for it, right? right? Because ultimately, that's the way it should be done. And this happens now. If you're an Uber driver or Lyft driver, you know this. Someone can get into your car and already throw up or something and right. you're just, and then they go, I didn't do it. Now you have a camera that shows that they did. Right. And, uh, you know, I think most people who are complaining about this future feature that doesn't isn't here yet um, is that they aren't Uber drivers and they aren't putting up with this every day. It's like a, a completely new realm of thinking to them that someone would actually come in your car. Well, it's not going to be your car. That's what we're right. This is not really for you. It's for Tesla or right. whoever owns the cars. All right. So Fisker reveals a sub $40,000 SUV. Mm. Check this out. It's the third time that Fisker has come up with a concept vehicle. So don't get super excited. Right. Um, this may not come to production, but they say it will be available in 2021. So that would mm -hmm. be cool. Uh, it should have a range of over 300 miles. And uh, we should see a full prototype later this year. And like they said, it should be sub $40,000. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Henrik Fisker has been talking about also coming up with a solid-state battery, too. So, I mean, if he can do it, that would be fantastic. Right. We'll wait and see when, when the prototype comes out. And then we'll wait and see when the production actually starts, where the factory is going to be. All these things that when we started, I don't think we were thinking about at all. Right. It really took a couple years for us to realize that like, oh, in order to make an electric car, you can't just say we're making an electric car because otherwise I could do that. I could right. go, I'm making an electric car today. It's going to have 300 miles of range and it's going to go zero to 60 in five seconds. Right. right? People will be like, oh, okay, well that's, you know, specs for a car. I need to have a factory. I need to, you know, have a plan for production. I need to have a whole team working to do that. And if you're missing any of those elements, you're not going to make a car. Exactly. All right. Tesla VVP saves 20% in SA. Okay. We, we've talked about this before. Yeah. We got to follow Elon's rules for acronyms. Because if you just start spouting out acronyms, nobody knows what you're saying. Oh, I was just trying to save time. Okay. But yeah, you're right. So in South Australia, Tesla has finished phase two of its virtual power plant, a VPP. And that's where they installed more than a thousand power walls and solar systems on people's houses. So that's basically making a microgrid, right? They're all connected into the grid, but they yet make their own power and store their own power. Okay, so when we're saying virtual power plant, we don't mean like you're putting on your Oculus Rift and you're like, oh wow, the power plant, I can see it, right? It no. is, it's not that at all. So I mean, we're talking about batteries in people's homes that they got. Right. And that can help if like a tree comes and it cuts the, the power to the grid, right? And that battery will provide power to their house while and even, that gets repaired. And even your neighbor's house. Right. right, and the solar on your roof is actually generating the electricity to go into the batteries. So you're creating this virtual power plant over an entire area. Okay, but here's the cool news. Yes. The 20% part. So Minister Dan Van Holst Pelican said, this VVP is delivering affordable electricity to some of South Australia's most disadvantaged households whilst increasing the reliability of the state's electricity network. Households participating in the phase two trial are charged electricity rates more than 20% better than the default market offer. So 
not only is it a cool thing to have a microgrid, makes everything more stable, it saved them money. Right. And for those of you who are like, I don't live in South Australia, 20% off my electric bill would really not make or break my budget. In South Australia, the electrical prices are through the roof. They are insane. Yeah, like 45 cents a kilowatt hour. 45 cents a kilowatt hour. You at home watching this, probably nowhere near. And so in the United States, Massachusetts, one of the one of the highest you know prices of electricity in the country is 22 cents per kilowatt hour right imagine 45 imagine doubling that i know and then getting 20 percent off it's gonna be like sweet yeah. even though you're still that's still and here what's insane. cool is that they're entering phase three where fifty thousand homes are going to get power walls and solar awesome all right it's time for the lightning round okay so here is a report card on american cities jesse mm-hmm. Kind of depressing. Uh, one third or 26 of the 75 cities surveyed in the United States have yet to even set greenhouse gas reduction targets. Of the 49 with targets, 22 are not yet fully tracking their progress. Hmm. So that's like not even grading themselves. The remaining 27 have data. And of those, eight are not projected to be close to achieving their targets. And eight are projected to make substantial progress, but still fall short. So that leaves only 11 that are on track to meet their greenhouse gas reductions. And like last year, Boston tops the overall scorecard, earning a score of 77.5 out of 100 points. Okay, Boston is the top. Boston. I was surprised too. The rest of the top 10 includes, in order, San Francisco, Seattle, Minneapolis, Washington, D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, Denver, Austin, and Portland. Now, Portland is interesting here because Portland actually is number one when it comes to most electrified municipal fleet. They have about a quarter of their fleet that is hybrid and a quarter that is BEVs. Those cities I was expecting. I wasn't expecting Boston to maybe be number one. And maybe it's because Boston gets a 77.5 out of 100. That's like a C. Yeah, I mean, if your best student is getting a C... (laughs) There's something wrong with your school. You're you're a bad teacher um, who's probably going to scale the class, right? Right. Well, we'll just... I'll Boston scale, gets 100. We're going to scale it. Boston gets 100. Everyone else is going to get a zero. Nobody fails. <laughs> you, you, we hear about all these great things like, oh, they're going to get one, you know, bus. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get two buses. Meanwhile, you know, you have Chinese cities where they have thousands of electric buses. Thousands of How do they thousands. do it? Right. They just decided they just, to do it. They just did Come it. Come on, cities. Right. It's all political will, and it's yeah insane that we don't have any of it. Tesla app will now have roadside assistance. Some owners are now seeing this option appear on their Tesla app. Now, up until now, you've had to call Tesla's roadside assistance phone line and speak with an agent, but now you can just use your app. So let's say I'm driving along, and I, and I hit a nail, yep. and pops my tire, yep. pull over to the side of the road. Yep. Instead of calling someone... I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get on my app mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go, I have a pop tire. And then I'm gonna hit the button, send. Yeah, it's, it's then, kind of uh, unrewarding. Like, I, I would rather, I'm sorry, but I think, maybe I'm old school here, but I kind of would rather have someone be like, oh, okay, sir, we're sending someone right out. Because then I could say, if I need something special, like, you know what, I've got my kids in the car and I'm gonna need a ride or, you know, I don't know. But like, with the, with the app, I feel like it's not gonna cover things, so you're still gonna have to call them. And then earlier this year, Tesla announced that they will soon have live issue detection to automatically call a tow truck and loaner vehicle before the vehicle even comes to a stop. Now, this sounds Sounds great. Okay, it look, does. as a millennial slash Gen Xer who doesn't like making phone calls with my doctor's office, 
this sounds great, right? Because I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to, you know, build up the courage to call someone. You know, but when stuff happens like this and you're like, well, I have to call someone or I'm just going to be stuck here and I guess I'll get, I'll die because I'll get eaten by a bear. It's not that hard to pick up the phone and say, hello. I mean, this is going to be cool. In the not too distant future when cars are full self-driving and Tesla just automatically sends out a car to pick you up. I, I don't know how this is possible before you even come to a stop, but okay, maybe he can do it. I get that there could be like a little cars. You know, alert that pops up somewhere in some office of some towing company and the guy's going to go like, you know, he's going to be eating his lunch or whatever. I don't Look think it's going to be a guy. I think it's going to be computerized and it's going to be Tesla's like oh, hiding okay. by the saying, side of the road. You're just... saying in the future. But what I'm saying is like there's going to be teething problems to this. Totally. And this is a big promise to be like implementing. But good for them if they're trying for it. I just I just maybe keep the human involved in terms of the phone call. I, I like that. Maybe you put it in with the app and then you get a phone call. And then they already have all your information. They don't have to be like, what's your phone number? Where do you live? What was your mother's maiden name? Right. What was your best friend in high school? So, so far this year, wind has beaten coal in Texas. Wind, you know, walked into Texas and was like, this state ain't big enough for the two of us. And Cole's like, yeah, you're gonna get it. And then they, right? And then wind, wind beat coal. Yeah, pretty cool. Data released from the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, ERCOT, said that this is a first. It's the first time in Texas that wind has beaten coal. Now, when the data from summer comes in and the temperatures go up and all those air conditioners go on, I'm sure that coal will beat wind this year. But it's pretty cool that for at least the first six months, wind beat coal. Now, Texas is the largest state consumer of coal in the country. So that's pretty cool. But solar is only 1% of the electricity generation in Texas, which has stunned me because Texas is full of sun. And it's huge. There's like whole stretches of Texas where you yeah. go and you can't, you won't see a soul. It's not like, you know, there are people all over the place like building a bunch of Lincoln Log houses that you're going to have to knock down in order to put solar in. Right. You got it's room. The, like a really sunny state in Elon's presentation on solar and, and batteries. He showed Texas. Basically, there's just a little square in yeah. Texas that you take a little chunk out of, fill it with solar, and like a little boop of batteries, right? And you could power the entire United States with it. I know. Now, we should say that there are new big solar projects going into Texas, which will double their capacity, but it's starting so small that, uh, yeah, it's going to take a while. These states, come on, get with it. I know. At least wind is there. I think wind is... Uh Wind is pretty great. So we just wrapped up a six-part series on our autonomous boring tunnel future. You can go check that out here. Um, but Bloomberg is now reporting that the boring company authorized the sale of $120 million in stock. So a few investors that bought the shares were these. So Steve Jervinson, who's one of the boring company investors, said the four largest tunnel companies in the U.S. were founded in the 1800s. Like the automotive and aerospace sectors, they haven't faced a disruptive new entrant in their management's collective lifetime. This is, I think, what happens with all big companies, yeah. right? You have a founder who would really just and then he or she dies and you know their son takes over and they don't really know what they're doing and you know because hey dad <laughs> can i run the company right. now like because they grew up in extreme wealth and they didn't have to you know pull themselves up by their bootstraps wait i have to get off the pony right. to run the company uh, and i think that that is uh what we see with a bunch of companies they just go plodding along you know their growth is stable and and steady either up or just 
you know, down as yeah. soon as they get disrupted. And tunnels are no exception, right? And the Las Vegas Loop should be the first fully functional boring company tunnel and transportational system completed, Elon says, by the end of next year. Now, as part of the VW Dieselgate settlement, all eight Florida Turnpike service plazas will be getting, get this, Jesse, uh -huh. three DC fast chargers with installation beginning by the end of this year. Okay. Cool. Huh? Right. I mean, that's that's good. That's a good use of, of Dieselgate money. What else? Well, I mean, Florida got $166 million from Dieselgate, and right. they are spending $25 million on charging infrastructure. Okay. So you're telling me three DC fast chargers. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be able to get all over the state now. Huh? Isn't that great? I don't want to be negative, but three chargers uh -huh. at a service plaza yeah. is not enough. That's what? that's just enough to be useless because you can't depend on you can put three, three whole cars there. You, you can't depend on three chargers anywhere in my experience. Okay? okay. Most EVgo stations have two chargers. You can't rely on that because if you have three cars there or if if one or two or all three uh, chargers are broken, which will happen or iced or iced exactly, it's useless to you. So you can't depend on it. And if you can't depend on it, you can't plan a trip. But now let me ask, so 25 million is spent on charging infrastructure. I'm assuming that's more chargers than just the 24 that we talked about. Yeah, here. there'll be some more. Yeah. Okay. But you said 166 million they got from Dieselgate. What are they doing with the rest of the money? Yeah. Do you know that much of the money is going to be spent on buses? Electric buses. That's great. No, no, I didn't say electric buses. Well, but it's from Dieselgate, so they would spend it on something, you know. Oh, yeah, no, that would make sense. No, no, no. What they said was as long as you're spending the money to improve on your existing buses, you could even get new diesel buses. Yeah. Wait, wait, That's wait, right, wait, folks. This is no. Dieselgate money. Dieselgate yeah, no. money. Yeah. No, get this, folks. That money could be spent to buy new diesel buses. So you guys have to be careful. In each state where this Dieselgate money is being spent, a lot of it's going to go to things you don't think it should go to. Like diesel. Like diesel. the diesel. So this is like, this is basically a scandal in itself, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, th so this is basically Dieselgate gate. Yep. It's up to the states. So, I mean, you guys in each state. So wh wherever your state is, find the people in charge of this pot of money and make sure they spend it wisely. Because otherwise, they'll just spend it on whatever the heck they want to. Like diesel buses. Great. Speaking of states... Yeah, Ohio's House of Representatives passed Bill HB6 and Governor Mike DeWine signed it. This bill subsidizes two nuclear power plants that would have been closed, and it subsidizes two coal power plants and eliminates renewable energy requirements for state utilities after 2026, which decreased before then as well, and it ends energy efficiency mandates by next year. The Sierra Club calls the bill a complete catastrophe for a balanced, informed energy policy and good governance. With HB6, Ohioans get dirtier air, higher electric bills, and the understanding that the majority of their elected officials at the Statehouse are more concerned with making a bankrupt company happy and helping out other utility companies for their foolish investments in failing coal plants than taking care of their own constituents. Oh, and by the way, Ohio was last in the Midwest in transitioning to renewable energy. So again, here's another one of those states like Texas. They're like, you don't, you guys don't get it. I'm sorry. And and it's, and it's basically just corruption. Yeah, like it, lobbying. It's corruption. Some of the cheapest energy in the world is now solar and wind. Yep. So if you wanted to have your constituents have a lower electric bill and have all the benefits of, of renewable energy, clean air, you, you choose renewable energy. Like that's the clear choice. Not only that. But the jobs 
that you're going to be training your constituents in would be in renewables, which is, is the energy of the future. Right. So instead, they're going to be what? Learning how to build coal power plants? That's not going to be helpful. Right. Oh, oh, we want more coal miners. Yeah. You don't want more coal miners. You would like less people to develop black lung. Cupra is the luxury brand of Seat, which is a sub-brand of Volkswagen. Okay. And this teaser is a glimpse of the A SUV, an all-electric concept four-door crossover. I'm sorry, Jesse, why don't you show the whole video? I, I did. That, that was the whole video. I didn't see anything. I just saw, it looked like the front of a Model X. Uh, no, that was the front of the A SUV. Oh, okay. So aren't you excited? So that was like a teaser of a teaser? Yes. So uh, let, let's just talk about it. So, uh, you know, it's a four-door crossover. Are you excited? <laughs> Can you give me some stats or something? Uh, it, it has four doors. It's a crossover. And it's all electric. Why do car companies do this? What else do you need to know? Okay, let me just ask you out there. Does anyone, please, in the comments, if you've ever bought a car because you saw a teaser like this and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm going to go get my folding chair and my umbrella and my cooler and I'm going to wait until that car comes out. Well, no, it's, it, I think it's a little bit more, you know, they want you to make like a, a calendar thing like, oh, in two months, I want to see more about that, you know, that car. Okay. So Berkeley, California has become the first city in the U.S. to ban natural gas in new homes. Starting on January 1st, all new homes in the city must have electric infrastructure. The city council unanimously voted to pass the ban, and councilwoman Kate Harrison said, It's an enormous issue. We need to really tackle this. When we think about pollution and climate change issues, we tend to think about factories and cars. But all buildings are producing greenhouse gas. Now, Berkeley already has its own climate action plan that seeks to reduce emissions 80% by 2050. And the plan also calls for 100% renewable electricity by 2035. Kenya started building a 310 megawatt, 365 turbine wind farm, which will provide nearly 20% of the country's energy. Kenya is a world leader in clean energy with a goal to hit 100% renewable energy in 2020. That's, that's next year. That's next year. That's, I mean, wow. Yeah, I hope they hit it. Yeah. So get this, Jesse. Mm -hmm. In the Model S and X, there was three kilometers of wiring. Three kilometers. Yeah, if you took all wow. the wire out and just put it end to end, it'd be three kilometers long. Well, I mean, it's an electric car. Okay. Model 3, guess how much wiring is in that? I don't know. How much? Half of what was in the Model S and X. One and a half kilometers. Okay. Well, it's a smaller electric car. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, cool. So guess how much wire Tesla wants to have in the Model Y? 100 meters that's more than 10 times less wire than in the model 3 yeah 30 times less wire than the model s and x yeah there's this new patent that uh, tesla just filed for in this new wiring architecture subsystems are packaged and defined in one or multiple assemblies in certain embodiments for example a door assembly might contain one controller or hub that contains multiple devices such as locking components lighting components audio components etc in addition to In a vehicle well, manufacturing process. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think I, I think I blacked out there. I missed some of that. Oh, you uh, didn't get the whole patent? You want me to read it again? No, 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 no. Uh, I'll just give you the cliff notes. So okay. basically, they're going to use a new hub system. Remember in the old days, you uh, bought a new printer, mm -hmm. and you had to physically plug in that printer to your computer. So you had to, you know, 
plug in a 20-foot cable to your printer yep. and uh, print from it. Yep. That's kind of like a car is today. If you want to turn on your left rear blinker, there's a wire that's connected like oh, all the way to, back. It to, has to go from the thing all the way over to there. Right. And then and it's one wire, right? right. You know, okay. And through many different connectors. It, it may be more than one wire. Right. Okay. But now I think what Tesla is going to be doing is with a hub system, basically uh, it will just send a signal to that a blinker, a computer signal saying, turn on. Again, it's incredible innovation. I mean, we've just been reading after innovative thing, after innovative thing right. that Tesla's gonna come up with and blow away their competition with. And I think that this is so cool. I mean, to to have so much less wiring in a car because it is, cars are complicated. Yeah. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Who do we got this week, Jesse? This week we have Misho from the Netherlands. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Michel from the Netherlands. Friday I went to a presentation of the new solar car of the Solar Team Twente. This team from the University of Twente will compete in the Bridgestone World Solar Challenge. It is held in Australia from 13 till 20 October. The goal is to build a fast car powered by the sun and to drive it from Darwin to Adelaide, a route of more than 3000 kilometers. The Solar Team Twente is the first of the teams to reveal their new design. Ladies and gentlemen, I present you Red E. This year's car is much smaller than the previous car because of the use of gallium arsenide solar cells, which are typically only used on satellites. They are more expensive but collect loads of solar energy. Every effort is taken to make the cars as light and as small as possible. For instance, the roof is made of a special material created by the students. It is a carbon fiber and foam structure embedded in a resin. It is strong enough to stand on. The car is designed to drive 80 to 90 kilometers per hour. At this speed, it is the most efficient. I love the design of the new car and the effort they put into it. I wish them good luck racing in Australia. That is pretty cool how the solar cool. panels are uh, you know, expensive but powerful. Right. I I mean, I kinda want a car like that. Yeah? I wouldn't ride it all the time, I guess. Just that's, a case on sunny just days. Super wasteful, I guess. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I don't know, it'd be neat. Okay, so in the when we have like robo taxis, maybe you'll be able to call up a solar car for I don't you. No, I want to drive it. I don't know. I, I probably don't I probably wouldn't like it that much the more <laughs> I think about it. I don't know. It just it just looks so cool and futuristic. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And you know, I got a comment this week from a new patron who said, like, I thought there'd just be like one quick story. You guys did like a whole show. Yeah, we do. And yeah, this we week, do. oh my gosh, we have so many stories. That's now, true. YouTube does cut us a check every month, and you may be saying to yourself, Well, aren't you lucky? You guys get to uh, you know, sit back and let the money roll in. Well, not really. YouTube doesn't pay the bills. I mean, why do you think so many YouTubers go after sensational videos that will grab eyeballs instead of quality content that makes you think? If you enjoy our channel, 
please consider joining our Patreon for as little as a buck a month. All right, we are back from one of the longest Patreon bonus stories I think we ever did. <laughs> it might be <laughs> as long as this show. And it's time for the Patreon shout-outs. Right. Who do we got? We have Aless Kovacic. Alexander Thompson. Tony Sprolik. Donald. Jeffrey Mako. Paul Byrne C. Eng. Andreas Balmer. And Roderick Sweats. Thank you, guys. You guys give $5 or more a month and you guys are going up at the end of the show on the end credits. Thank you. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Now, hold on, Jesse. Yeah, Who's this guy that took over Elon's Twitter right, account? We've been showing all these tweets this whole time, and we didn't get to address uh, this bizarre Twitter name. You might be like, this isn't Elon. I think what this is, is it's a math equation. Okay, what is the equation? So he did E to the power of, he did an I emoji, Okay, and then pi. So I think it would be E... To the power of i, which is like imaginary number, and then pi. Um, uh, what does that equal? That equals negative one. So do you think this means he's kind of feeling kind of negative right now? Like he's the negative one? If I could understand everything that Elon tweeted out on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, I'd be a genius. <laughs> That's and true. I wouldn't need to work, I think, because <laughs> I would just be mining Bitcoin with my brain. <laughs> so like, I don't know with a Neuralink what plugin. he usually is is talking about um unless it's relates to tesla and and boring company so we know what this means then yes cuphead for tesla coming out in august so that's exciting uh for people who just aren't tuning in and like what the heck is cuphead yeah you're not really going to be tuning in this late in the show i think maybe there's some glitch in youtube (laughs) but yeah uh cuphead is a game it looks like a game from like it looks like a cartoon from like the forties or right. something. Um, they did a really good job on the styling, but basically it's going to be in the Tesla car. Anyway, here is Starhopper's test flight that Elon put on his Twitter, and you might be saying, "Okay, well, I barely saw that lift off the ground." That's not the point. The point is to just test the engines, make sure everything's working properly. It doesn't have to be aerodynamic or anything, and it seemed to have worked. It's I mean, it's like taking a water tower mm-hmm. and moving it, lifting it up <laughs> and putting, putting it back, back down. down, except the water tower did that. <laughs> right. Um, that's the crazy thing about yeah. this. It's very similar to the grasshopper tests yep. um, that that uh, that SpaceX did a really long time ago. Um, I remember, I think it was back like in 2012 or 2011. Way back. Way back in time. The um, turn of the decade. The, the rocket would come up and then it would come back down, which is in a way was kind of cooler to me than even like the, the landings where they land on a drone ship, just to see it like go up yeah. and back down all in the same shot. Because yep. like usually it goes way up into space and then it comes back down and lands. But Yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. All right, it's time for community mail time. So our friend Michael sent us this picture of a Model 3 license plate in central New Jersey. Can you read that, Jess? Be free. No way. Yeah, it does. All right. If you're (laughs) watching the show, and you must if you have a Be Free license plate, pretty cool. hit us up because that's cool. Um, So we know that there's at least one baby out there named Baby Jesse, and that is, of course, named after you. Um, Well, get this. I didn't want to be outdone, so... You had a baby made specially for you, I did. I called up my friend Steve, (laughs) and I said, I want a baby named after me. This is baby Zach. Oh, that's cute. So you didn't actually call up Steve. No, he, no. He he offered. He, he said, emailed you. He said that uh, his his wife named their baby Zach. He he didn't really want to name him Zach. You're always Zach, la- you're always last at the end. Zach of, could of become things. a Lego maniac. So be careful. Lego maniac. Zach the Lego maniac. That was an ad campaign back in the back in the early eighties. 
Um, and this is our buddy Sean sitting on a bench. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I'm on holiday in Croatia, Dubrovnik. Uh, there's fossil fuels everywhere, smelly boats, smelly mopeds. It's just terrible, but there's a little ray of sunshine and I'm sitting on it. USB, solar bench, wireless charger. There you go. Now you know. Yeah, so that is a ray of sunshine in Croatia. Pretty cool. Thank you, Sean. Nice. Lisa and Tyler got a new Model 3 to join the family. Wow. Nice. Really nice. Um, and then here's really cool information. So Sean's uh, supercharging optimum versus actual charging rate. So this is some science that went on here, folks. And basically, mm -hmm. I'm going to try and cut to the short of it here. You're looking at a graph now. Um, after weeks of data logging, I have come up with a chart and a plausible explanation for why we're seeing so much slower supercharging since the 2019.20 update and possibly back to the 2019.16 versions. For my tests, I used a 2017 S100D and a 2018 X100D. The data has been pieced together from numerous charging sessions in order to create an overall picture of the maximum possible charging rates under ideal conditions. We can then compare the ideal with what we see while charging under less than ideal conditions. The green graph shows the maximum charge rate under the old software versions and the old versions seem to be much less susceptible to throttle charging due to high ambient temperatures. The blue graph shows the maximum charge rate using the current software. During the summer months, the charge rate starts out high in excess of 140 kilowatts, but after a very few minutes, the rate is throttled back due to excessive heat buildup in the battery pack. I've come to the conclusion that the cooling capacity of the car is not able to keep the pack below the new temperature threshold as set in the 2019.20.x and later firmware. So the change rate is cut back a bit further than necessary. The car cools the pack and the charge rate is increased a bit until it once again produces more heat than the car can keep up with. This produces the decreasing cyclic charge rate as shown by the red data sets on the graph. One of the red lines was recorded at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, the other at 107 degrees. Conclusion, at temperatures above 100 degrees Fahrenheit, the car's maximum sustained charge rate is roughly 60 kilowatts. I believe it takes ambient temperatures of 70 degrees or below to obtain the optimum charge rate. Whew. Yeah. All right. So but that is science for you, folks. Let's try and figure out this graph for a second. So the blue and the green are optimal charging speeds yep. with the the green one's the old one. So yep. let's just forget the green one for okay. now. Okay. Um, but now you can see the blue one is supposed to be very high, and then it tapers off once you get to, you know, whatever charge state you're going to get to, which is probably around 50 or 60%. Okay. But those red thin lines, those are what he's actually getting. You can see that when the recorded temperature outside is 107 degrees, which is uh, very hot, um, you'll see this uh, drop happen much quicker than the 100 degrees, which is still ex insanely hot. Basically, the way that any cooling system works relies on t0 and t0 is the ambient temperature so if the ambient temperature is high you have a lower efficiency of your cooling mechanism whatever that might be so that means that if it's 107 degrees outside your cooling effectiveness is going to be much lower yeah um which is unfortunate and that's why we're seeing uh, lower charge rates when it gets really 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 hot so there, are, I think, would be some ways to get around this. One would be to have... Move to a cooler place. Right. <laughs> Don't live there. Uh, the other one would be to have supercharging locations that were underground mm. or in otherwise, you know, a contained area Ooh, that would be a little I bit like cooler. That. 
Another idea, and this would require a completely different technology, but basically when you plug in, part of the plug would have like... Um, coolant. Coolant. So oh, I would, like it. You'd have a much bigger system for cooling. It would be able to cool it down a lot better because it'd have like a bigger uh, radiator or whatever they needed to do. I like it. Um, VP of special operations over here. See, so like, right, you'd have this special station and maybe, you know, you could just have cooling plates that, you know, below the car or something Whoa. or just a fan. You know, because it would be cool to do a, a test where you put a fan under the bottom of the car. I like it. Or in the front. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. I like it. Thank you, Sean, for that info. John's new Model 3 here. Our friend John in Virginia said he's having fun summoning his Model 3 in the Lowe's parking lot while teenagers watch Astounded. That's pretty cool. Get some some video of that, John. Yeah. Astound some teenagers. And our buddy Fred shared this hilarious video with all of us. Now, look very carefully here, and you're going to see a mouse jumping out of the rear of that Chevy Volt. Did you see it the first time? Let's play it again. Now, I, I asked Fred, how did you catch that? And he's like, my wife saw it. Oh, and then, and then, was and like, then he went home, played the video. She's like, did you see that mouse? He's like, I didn't see any mouse. There's no mouse. And then he's like, oh, you're right. There's a mouse. It looks like it's from a movie. I know, doesn't you it? You know, like it's, it's trying to escape. All right, it's time for our on-air question. Now, if you're a $4 or more patron on our Patreon, you can ask us questions. And we got this great question this week from Craig. He said, what are the thoughts on offering subscriptions to some of the services they currently offer or could offer at Tesla? Stream Sentry Mode to phone via cloud. Sentry Mode cloud storage, only $5 monthly. No need for flash drive, mobile hotspot. Would this be a beneficial revenue stream? Yes, it would. Yes. You should be VP of Special Operations. (laughs) Well, co all right, VP. we'll let you in on co. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can come work for us at VP at, at <laughs> Craig. The you got special a job. Operations. Yeah, no, this is a fantastic idea. Now, if you're wondering what he's talking about, it's like instead of just uh, turning on all the over-the-air updates for free, if Tesla needed to turn a lever to make more revenue, which mm-hmm. maybe they do, they could charge a monthly subscription to something, and people would pay for it. Well, especially like something for a mobile hotspot, which is where basically you use uh, the data from the car. Sort of like how you can turn your phone into a mobile hotspot. You know, you use your car as a hotspot for, you know, your laptop or something like that. I think that that would be really smart because they can do that. Right. There is, a, you know, there are ways to do it. If you, you know, jailbreak your car, right. your Tesla, um, there are ways of doing that. Yep. And currently Tesla fit, foots the bill for all the data that your car is streaming. Right. So that's maps and that's, you know, the web browser and all sorts of stuff like that. If you had to pay for the data for your mobile hotspot, that's pretty fair. And I mean, have a mobile hotspot. I would pay for the service because you get to immediately see what's going on around your car. So you could be at work and you could just look, oh, well, look, who's, right, who's... So this is a different... The, the different idea is streaming sentry yeah. mode to your phone. So right. you could see what was happening to your car in real time. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm being burglarized right now. Okay, let me just take a look. <laughs> How about games? I mean, for instance, you could do subscriptions to different games and download them to your Tesla and have them available right, to but you. Put Steam on the car. Boom. And take a bit Boom. of take a bit of profit off of the off of See, Steam now, or whatever. Again, Elon, if you put us in charge of uh, operate special operations, we'll take care of all, all this for you. And like, you know, the cars right now are just made to be cars. But right. in the future, when it's like fully self-driving, exactly, it's going to be an entertainment system you're going to want a slightly bigger screen you're Mm going to want it to be 4k you're going to want a gaming system in the car i'm just telling you right now that's what you're going to want yep all right it's time for supercharger reviews and destination charger reviews you can go out there and you guys do which is fantastic and you can shoot in landscape mode supercharger reviews where you tell us about all the amenities and what you'd give it from one to ten let's see what we got this week landscape mode by the way 
is where you hold your phone sideways. Yeah. That's what we mean by yeah. Don't don't hold way, it vertical. That way, it's it fits up. Yeah. With the see it's the same shape as as well same shape as the phone. Most you're probably watching this on. Yeah. Well, here we are at the brand new Tesla supercharger on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. There's eight chargers here. One of them is a kind of side pull through. I would say in terms of accessibility, it's right off the main drag. That road uh, right there, that's the main drag. And convenience, you've got your food, air conditioning, which is important. But yeah, woohoo, go Tesla. Hey, Second Jesse, Tom reporting from Switzerland. I'm at the supercharger in Rubigen. And you see here tons of updated stalls for the CCS charger, 14 in total, and only two left, these two guys here, which are not converted yet. So great news for Model 3 owners. Tom reporting from Switzerland. Love your show. Keep on the great work. By the way, that's my Model 3. See you later. Hello, Second Jesse, this is Rick from the Netherlands. I'm here at a station uh, in Horn, which has uh, 12 stalls. Uh, we're at a uh, hotel, Galt, which is a bird. You see the, the logo over there. Next to the hotel, there's also a casino and a cinema. And it's really close by the, the highway. It's also close by McDonald's. And it's my first time supercharging, and I must say it's, a, it's an excellent experience because in just 25 minutes, I'm like 90%. It's really, really fast. I would give this a, let's say, an eight. Keep up with the good work, so now you know. I love this part of the show because uh, we get awesome reviews. Yeah. And just go to our website. Um, here it is down below. Mm -hmm. And we're the only place that we know of that gives video reviews of superchargers in the world. Speaking of superchargers, there are some new superchargers in the world. Yeah. The 12 stall Urban in Ojai, California. The 14 stall Urban Supercharger in Watsonville, California. The 20 stall YX at Jaren Gas Station in Spiderberg, Norway. The 8 stall in Ithaca, New York the eight stall urban in Braintree, Massachusetts, and the 12 stall 150 kilowatt supercharger in Cape May, New Jersey. That would have come in handy on our um, Model X Florida road trip that we did That's last true. year. It's time for our Patreon giveaway. Now to get into this bucket of delight, for every dollar that you give us on Patreon, you get another chance to win. And uh, this week we're gonna be giving away an EcoWare t-shirt of your choice. I'm wearing a cool one. But you can choose whatever you like. You can pick a not cool one. You can pick a not cool one if you want to. Uh, and don't forget that all EcoWare t-shirts uh, are powered by solar energy. They're completely carbon offset. And we plant a tree for every order. Who's our winner this week? The winner is Simon Fiddler. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your name goes back in the bin because you still support us on Patreon. That's right. Um, and, you know, I wanted to mention, Jesse, that, you know, we are so lucky that we just hit like 120,000 subscribers. Like it seemed to happen like that. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of new viewers here. I think since April, we have like 20,000 new subscribers. So a right. lot of you must be kind of new. And thank you for joining us. Because like we are grizzled veterans here on YouTube. And we have all these acronyms and, and idioms that we say all the time, like ice car and, and, uh, FUD and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and so, also there's people that write in and they're like, are you guys related? Yes, we're father and son. Yep. I, I'm the father, of course, if you can't tell. That's a joke. Dad! That's a, <laughs> that's a dad joke. Um, um, and yeah, and so I was realizing, Jesse, the other day, I was looking at the analytics. Yeah. 
And we did, so what started this whole channel was our Model X road trip where we went uh, basically about this time of year, three years ago. Three years ago, we traveled across the country in the Model X and it was a transformational journey. We went from being like, you know, your run of the mill Tesla fanboys to someone who would actually want to devote their weekend every single week for 151 weeks in a row um, to telling people about it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much true, isn't it? That trip pretty much cemented that we both started believing in the brand. Because we tested it. We, yeah. we didn't really have much of a plan going in. Nope. We we had some sense that it was possible. Right. Um, I honestly thought we might get stuck in Kansas. Right, like there was no guarantee. There, that there was a day on the trip, right, where we had to go see the largest ball of twine. Right. And there was no supercharger near it. No. And we were we kind of went slowly because we had to hypermile a little bit to make sure we could get back. Right. Because it was hot and we had to use and, the air conditioner. And you can watch the video uh, right here. We're gonna put the, the whole, we put it into a playlist for you so you can watch it all in order. Um, we That's where we started supercharger reviews yep. because we were like, hey, you know what? We're here anyway. We're here anyway. We got to be here for about 20 minutes, yeah. um, which we regretted quickly because we were like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom and we have to do a supercharger review. But um, we were just like, oh, you know what? I wish I had known that there was this at that supercharger. And, and you know what, what's so cool is that we've started a community. Yes. Um, Look the, at this. We, we are so lucky to have people all over the place that, that say nice things to us and send us nice things. Mm -hmm. um, these are beautiful. I don't know if you can see this, but that that is our logo. I don't know if you can see that. Um, and our names on here. And um, these are sent to us by our friends, um, Nason in uh, Ohio from the Miami Valley Pottery. Beautiful, beautiful pottery. I'm, I'm just so, so fortunate that we have just fantastic fans out there, fantastic people that follow us and write to us and send us stories and ideas and I, and, and again, you might be wondering, like, what are all these names floating past us? These are people who support us. Yeah. These are people who make this channel possible. If you're like, wow, these guys are great. How do they do this? It's because people will support us. Um, we wouldn't be able to come out with this show. Nope. Let me tell you. I mean, if you're watching this video roughly when it came out, um, for the past six, seven, maybe even eight hours, um, there have been two people who have been frankly working their asses off uh, to get this show to your eyeballs in a form that is not riddled with uh, problems. Right. We have a way of speaking that often means that I end up saying, right? And you don't get to see that much. You might think that I'm a very articulate person, and I'm somewhat of an articulate oh, person. Oh, yeah, somewhat. But a lot of the time, I will start reading something and I will go, uh, the, 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 or I, I just can't speak it. If the show were to be like that, you wouldn't watch it because it would be unwatchable. Yeah. Brent and Bobby really make this show the, the way that it is. They make it pop. And the, the names that you're seeing going past are, are helping to pay their salaries. Um, they're professional editors. They've been doing this for over three years. Every single video that we've made has been edited by them. Yeah. And in order for us to expand as a channel, we need more people like Brent and Bobby. We need more editors. We need more directors and producers, people who can actually like help us make videos because it's hard making a video. Yeah. You might think, oh, you just set up a camera and you start talking. No, like we need to script it out. We need to make sure that the lighting is, is good. We need to make sure that we have a set 
you know, all set up, a location to shoot in. We need a Tesla Time newsroom on our Slack. Exactly. Like, I, big shout out to everyone on our Tesla Time newsroom. These are people who basically volunteer their time scouring the internet for interesting stories and content. And we throw out about 99% of them and just bring you the best, best stuff. And they find stuff that is nowhere really, nowhere else really. No. You know, stop, these are news stories from, from countries that, you know, just doesn't get picked up in the common press. Yeah. So I just want to give a huge, huge thank you to, to everyone on the newsroom and a big thank you to everyone on the Discord. Um, and a huge, impossibly big thank you to all of our Patreon patrons because, again, this show wouldn't happen without them. So thank you so much for watching. Now, now you know. know.